Hello ladies and gents and welcome to season 2 episode 11 of the Homesteading UK podcast. I'm Alan and I'm joined by my mate Mike. How you doing Mike? I'm alright mate. I'm not as wet as you. <laughs> no. I've literally just thrown glass cider over Alan. <laughs> it's only supposed to be 4 and a half percent. It's because he didn't like it. But we have, we've, we've had a bet and he's going to tell you what we're drinking. What we're drinking today, huh? We are drinking... <laughs> Come on Del boy. Cedra Fermia de Normandy. Oh, you said it like a natural, well. Yeah. Made by Michael Brivoyne. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So that was a gift, was it? It was a gift from a colleague of mine who was trying to persuade me that France is amazing. Yeah. And that I should enjoy French cider. So, um, We're well, having thank some you very much. And he's actually very nice, chilled. But my first glass, I got a bit excited for <laughs> it. Well, for those people that know Mike, no, he gets a little bit animated yeah, when he speaks, absolutely. doesn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, you know, I'm a passionate man now. I'm a passionate man. I've just realised I'm in a new setting. We are? Yeah, we've never recorded here, have we, before? So you better explain well, where well, we no, are. Well, no, you should describe, because I described your living room, didn't oh, I? We was in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is nice to look around and see, you know, the fruits of your labours here. I'm looking at your elderberry wine bubbling away, your fermentation yeah. vessels. We've just had a banging home cooked lasagna and it was good wasn't yeah, it was good. and I can look out the window see your log store developing and things yeah. like that and I know your chickens are just up the way there so I think it's a good homesteader's kitchen here isn't it well, it is yeah, it gets, it gets should have recorded in your pantry really to be fair there's not much space <laughs> in my pantry but <laughs> oh, oh alright it's not it's, <laughs> it's full of it's, it's full of stuff it's full yeah. of stuff it's rammed it's rammed of like preps and not storage <laughs> and <laughs> The freezer. Well, I can't and... tell you where we are now. No, no, no. People have been And the laundry, of course. No, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so we, we thought we'd better get back together and have a little chat and yeah. catch up, really, more than anything Absolutely. else today, I think. And, you know, it might end up being a bit, well, probably only just one segment, maybe. We'll see how we go. We'll get but through it, but uh, we've got we'll, a lot to talk about, I think. Yeah, and, we, and I think we both knew the last one went, went a bit rambly, didn't it? So. Got a little bit. We got a little bit distracted. I yeah. think. Is, yeah, it wasn't wasn't much focus on the what we were more focus on what we were doing than what we were talking so about. So it is really apparent to me, anyway. I don't know about you, um, with regards to the weather that autumn is coming. It arrived about a week ago. Yeah, it did really did. Yeah, really it was a drop way. in the temperature. Yeah. It's damper, cooler. The yeah. nights seem already just to be yeah. Lit, you know. Yeah. And I know because I just start to think. Have I got enough wood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got dry kindling. Yeah, you know, it start you start to have a different mindset. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the it's the dew in the morning for me. Give, yeah. it, give it away. It came went out came out one morning and you know the, the grass was all wet and everything else and you could just feel that temperature dropped overnight and yet yeah, warmed up again pretty quickly and the day was quite nice after that but about it was about a week ago maybe last Tuesday or so and it was literally just that straight away. Yeah, went from being summer to oh actually autumn starting now. Yeah, the next morning. Um, and it's continued like that, hasn't it? We've got a much more kind of changeable weather at the minute. And when... Changeable weather. It has rained here, but in stormy fits and starts. So yeah. it's one extreme or the other at the moment in yeah. the UK. And we're in the southern UK and we're either getting a deluge downpour. Yeah. Or if it's clear, it's hot. It's still yeah. hot, isn't it? It was yeah. really warm yesterday afternoon. Yeah. I found it hot even when the sun's not been shining. It's been humid. Mm. And that you know, brings yeah. me to thinking about the tomatoes and making sure yeah. they're all right. Yeah. Maybe even considering starting to get some of that harvest in before the blight yeah. arrives. Well, and and we're going to talk a <clears throat> bit more about this later because it kind of dovetails in a bit. But there is this almost spring-like feel to the sunshine and showers yeah. going on, yeah. which is a little window of opportunity that people can use yep. to just help them out um, and get some more crops in and stuff yeah. like that. As but, we're talking now, you've probably got two weeks maybe... Some yeah. things, perhaps three for the odd. 
Yeah. So it was, but then obviously you then get into the autumn signs as well, don't you? After that, you get into the autumn signs. <coughs> some of the things that you do now, you're going to take a bit of a hit on it. They they could go well yeah. if we have a good summer, and they might. Yeah. If we have a, a rotten, um, sorry, if we have a rotten autumn, yeah, um, it, it could all be yeah. over and done with. But um, bit of a gamble, so yeah, it's but... been it's been a bit cooler. And obviously, if you know anyone who's been or knows where we are or is from the UK, you know we have had a heat wave. We've had a really long drought heat wave. The hottest I can remember. Yeah. For the longest I can remember. And the driest, probably. And the driest I can yeah. ever remember, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. But and so, <coughs> and so these, what's happening now is that when we're having these really heavy downpours of rain, they're just washing off, aren't they? And flooding is an issue and yeah. things like that. And, yeah. um, you know, I've not, I've, you know, I'm only young, obviously, Al, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but, you know, even not, even I can see that, the, the climate that we've got now is different. It's yep. changing, yep. and so as gardeners or horticulturalists or whatever we want, you know, we have to. We can take. There are winners and losers in that. We can take mm-hmm. advantage of some of it, though. Yeah. You know, because I don't know about you, mate. My sweet corn's been bloody fantastic. Been brilliant, <laughs> mate. I tell you what, my girls will be like, you, "You got some sweet? Is that that yeah, sweet corn? Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that that's? I'm having some of that." And things that normally <clears> we think, "Oh, I wonder if that's going to come good," and yeah, and the onion crops be good. So I know that there are obviously deep concerns about climate change and rightly so yeah but gardeners are very adaptable aren't they yeah. and what we can do and what we can try so you know i'm not saying that you know we should take any of those things for granted and you know we're the custodians of those things without getting too moral and political and scientific about it but it's about the other thing which is being resourceful and thinking about what what how, what can i do for the best return you know for me and my family i think I think people that are living this lifestyle that are listening into this will probably, you know, in many cases have a similar view, which is that we do what we can to limit our impact. Yeah. But at the same time, we've got to be realistic and pragmatic. Things are changing. Yeah. If we carry on doing them the way they were, we won't get the best return out of it. So we've got to be able to adapt, like you say, and, and take advantage and, you know, so late sowings of beans like yeah. I've done last year, really late sowings of beans. Absolutely. Like I've done this year, because who knows? Who knows what we have come So that will lead us on to what we're going to talk about <coughs> first, really. which is going to be what we've been doing. And, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I've been harvesting a lot. <laughs> And that's not all from the farm, you know. No. That's in my front garden. Yep. And that's in my foraging wild fruit and stuff yep. like that. And my blackberry picking. When I went away for um, ten days to Wales, I really did miss the peak time of blackberries. I have to say, because when I got back, it was all done and dusted where I live. Oh, it's not here. And oh, I think it's still, right. it might still not be. They quite still now. look all right. Yeah. But when you go to get them, yeah. they're not so, great. So I went. I went towards the end of August. Yeah. Um, like right at the end of August yeah. actually and I went a couple of times I went for about two hours walking the dog and I came back I got a four litre ice cream tub yeah. in the freezer yeah. I made up with that and they were still if you find the right patch yeah, the you right spot you could still, get some, still get some really good berries like you say a lot of them still look good but they were a bit too squishy yeah. uh, I ended up with you know covered purple hands or whatever but Managed to find They're them. right for a crumble, bruv, though, isn't well, they? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? No. As long as you can pick them. The problem was I was having you grab them and then they and then kind they of just go. You haven't got, yeah. They haven't got any, they won't yield you. Yeah. 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 And I think they're pretty much done now. Yeah. I don't know about you. Have you still... I, 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 I'm not sure. I think if I... There, there was definitely some at the weekend. Okay. But this rain might well have finished them off because that okay. quite often, you know, they get a bit soggy mm-hmm. after that. I've only probably, <clears throat> you know, picked enough for about five or six crumbles. So yeah. that's really bad for me. I'm, yeah. I, I feel like I've missed that opportunity and that's... Yeah. I don't sit very easy with me, but well, there's a couple of spots here if you want to go. It will make me. It will make me. It, yeah, no chance. <laughs> it will make me appreciate you next year, though. Mm. Mm. And that's always the thing. That's always the thing, isn't it? Is that when you're harvesting, you can try and cover all the bases, 
But I can tell you now, mate, I'm not going to be short of Borlotta. <laughs> no, no, I bet you're not. How many did you... It was like 500 or something you sold in here, was it? Like, ridiculous. I sold... Um, let me just count them. Uh, I think I sold 400 Borlotta plants. <laughs> and I and I know that today, just today, um, we've bagged five kilos of Borlotta bean. Yeah. And I think that's probably about a third... So I think there'll be okay. probably about 15 kilos yeah, of bean. borlotta beans, yeah. and that's dried, yeah. which is an awful lot of borlotta so beans. So when you make your Tuscan stew... Yeah, oh, hello. Carl's had a little go, Yeah, he? yeah. I think there'll be a video about that coming up soon. I saw him on his YouTube mention it. That's copyrighted, that recipe. Oh, I, I, He's going to have to pay royalties if that <laughs> bad was going out. I'll let him know. I think, that's actually, I think that's actually known as Mike's Tuscan shit. Is it? All oh, right. Yeah. Not that I've ever been to Tuscan. I was going to say, and it's got... And it's got, no, and it's got no Tuscan... It's got no Tuscan recipe things in it either. <laughs> so is that the wrong name for it? No. I don't know. Well, we're multicultural, bro. Oh, okay. That's how we roll. <laughs> Drinking here, French cider. <laughs> Talking S- about Tuscan stew with Spanish druids, so... It's a European Tuscan stew. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. 21st century style. Uh, the question I wanted to ask was, when you make that, how many dried beans would you typically use? Yeah, so... Weight-wise. I, and, I, and I'm not a by-weight cooker, as you very no, well know. This is why I'm a rubbish props. baker. Um, so I would... I'm trying to think about it. I think I would use a mugful okay. of dried beans, All right. which equates to probably... Nearly four mugfuls of soaked beans by the time they have swelled up. Yeah, so like, and then and I don't know if you know and Carl will know now. When you soak them, they get big. Yeah. But when you cook them for four hours, yeah, they yeah. get absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I'm dreaming so, bad already. <laughs> so I'm just trying to equate that to something that people might buy in the shop, so it's a bit more manageable. So you buy a five hundred bag, a five hundred gram bag of dried beans normally, don't you? I mean, that is going to be a hearty stew as well. So I reckon you probably use about half of one of those bags if you've got a mug full. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'd say so. 250 yeah. grams of yeah. your beans. Yeah. I'll, do you know what I'll do is I'll, I will measure it Yeah. when I, when I do it. be nice to know. I'll be doing it this weekend, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to work out how to get the chorizo flavoury going down for nothing. I've got the, I've got the smoked um, paprika. The sweet smoked paprika is one yeah. I like. I'm not that keen on the hot one. Yeah. Um, and even if I have to use a bit of bacon and a teaspoon of that, I'll, mm. I'll do that. Um, and obviously it'd be nice to have your own spiced sausage, wouldn't it, and stuff like that. That's the way to go, isn't it? Well, that's it. we had a friend who's moved back to Hungary, and yeah. I, went, I went over and done some sausage making with them, and oh, she gave me a pack of those, yeah. papri- oh, those paprika sausages that they made, and yeah. then smoked themselves. It was yeah. absolutely fabulous, yeah. and that made the best one I've ever had. Well, five or six, and you don't need a lot, just five or six, you know, slot. Yeah. you don't need to put a whole chorizo in yeah. there. Be nice to make some. It and, would be uh, really nice to make some, man. and it wouldn't take much to, to smoke them. Well, I've got this friend who's got a smoker, so we're in. Right, you know that's all done and dusted. We'll just be nice, you know. We're gonna we can talk a little bit about the kind of dream stuff, but I wanted to keep the idea of what I might yeah. want to do as the farm develops to right. probably for a whole other episode. Because okay. I think that what what would form a really nice episode for people is yeah. if you've spent this year getting your foundations of, a, yeah. of what you're doing, whether yeah. whatever scale it is, yeah. and then think about what you might want to do next time. I think that there's a whole episode there about developing, you know, your skill base or your kind of product base to the next level. Yeah. And that could form a really nice, you know, you, you've done a bit of home baking. What could be the next yeah, step? You know, you've, yeah. you've grown some summer vegetables. What could be the next step? Well, I suppose we've talked a lot about getting started, haven't we? Yeah. 
a so couple of times just, we've done episodes just on that, like so. stage two yeah <laughs> all right, all right, so that, that would be a nice stuff. you know a nice thing to, do, to, to to help people with because I think there's a lot of people who grow a courgette once in their life or tomatoes once in their life yeah. but what ingrains it into an every year what ingrains yeah. it into beyond just summer fruit and vegetables yeah. what ingrains it into you know going from making you know yeasted bread to sourdough bread or yeah. to the next level of oh, making okay. your own beer or whatever it is so um, anyway All right. a lot of boar lot of beans yes yes that's quite a few so I've I've left a load on my plants now just to dry They've gotten to the point now where they're starting. A lot of them are starting to go over. Quite a few of them are actually dry now. Yeah, and ready to start picking. Which is where we were at. So I need to start picking them before they pop and go everywhere. And my other my other thing was that the reason I've been picking them is because I knew it was going to be wet this week. Yeah. Because I don't like them to get slightly on yeah. there. And I've had one crop ruined because of that. Right. Storing them slightly damp, and then yeah, they yeah. moulded out, and then yeah. and then I was really disappointed that year. Yeah. And. Um, I've been using those Tesco crates, so I've been getting them in all, on the pod when they're yep. brown and leathery. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe filling half filling, so there's yep. still plenty of air. And then I've just been putting them into a dry dry store with a bit of airflow around them, yeah. and they have crisped up beautifully. Yeah. And um, one of the things we were exploring today, we were thinking about it, is what to do with all those husks, yeah. uh, the bean pods, once you take them off. And we're, I think they're going to make absolutely great kindling. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> So I normally compost them. Yes, which is the other option. Yeah, but, yeah. but kindling, frankly, I tell you what, if that works, that works. That's genius. I'll be bundling a big bag of them up yeah. and then just what, having just them time together with a bit of twine with you, and I then I'll just, just have a bucket, I'd have a bucket full of uh, by the log burner, yeah. and even if they're your equivalent of the newspaper bit in a fire, yeah. if you use newspaper, yeah. So you like them to light your sticks, yeah. before you put your logs on, yeah. You know, I I often, I use birch bark if I've got it, yeah. But it, you know. Uh, uh, this is a bean pod fired uh, <laughs> a wood burning stove. Thank you very much. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. So, so Borlotta, we're right in the middle of that harvest. I've also dug up all of my potatoes right. at work, bar one, one variety, which is a late um, main crop. Yeah. And we've had a very, very good harvest mm. for how shallow they were in, because we, we struggled yeah. to get them in because of yeah. the soil. How shallow they were in, how little water they had. Yeah. I've been astounded at, the, mm. at, at what we got. And uh, we did have some early blights on those potatoes. So we cut them to the ground and I left them there for yeah. about 20 days, you know, about three weeks. Yeah. And then we lifted them out and we got lucky. So I had a row of sarpo, yeah. which I'd left with the leaf on because they hadn't sown sign of blight because yeah. obviously yeah. They're, they're resistant. Yeah. And they are blight resistant. Yeah. And I can, without fear of contradiction... If you can only grow one main crop potato yeah. and you're banking on it, yeah. grow Sarpo Mirror. Yeah. Okay. And they're a great all-rounder. I saw a Sarpo, like a purple Sarpo. There are lots of varieties yeah. of Sarpo. Yeah. I think they've all got <coughs> blight resistance as well. Yes. And I know that it's less than it was formerly. I've read right. that. Yeah. You know that um, the different the different strains and I think one is a bacteria, one's a fungal mm. thing, and one's a virus, isn't it? Yeah. yeah? So early blight, which I believe is the virus one if you that's changing all the time because it's a virus but Sarpo has still got a very good um, resistance to it so if you can only grow one type it's a red potato great all purpose potato and they get mahoosive they don't stop growing you see that's the other thing about them 
So we did those, and then the other the other one that we got, and it was only because they had the seed available in the quantity I wanted, was Desire, which is another yeah. red, yeah. another general purpose. I used to buy from the garden, the the, the uh, farm shop when I used to, when it was open, and they're brilliant potatoes. They are so good, and just luckily, yeah, because I, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't foreseeing this, yeah. Really, really drought resistant. All oh, right, wow. Which, which, which Just by chance, absolute chance, because <coughs> it, it could have been the other way. Yeah, I could have got one which was really good in wet conditions. Yeah, and it rained all, but yeah. we just got lucky with that. Yeah. That Desiree are drought res- right. drought resistant. But what's really noticeable is that the Desiree have got scab. Yeah, they had a lot of scab problems, weren't you? But they're big. Yeah, and scab doesn't alter the look or the storability of potatoes. Yeah. It's just on the surface, and you yeah. just peel it off. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much no. if I'm being totally honest with you. No. They're the bits that go crunchy if I'm being yeah. honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them in the oven. Yeah. And they make great roast, great roast yeah, potatoes as well. Yeah. Amazing roast potatoes. They're a great all-round <coughs> spud. Yeah. So we've used those. And then the other two that I've grown this year are Valor, which is a mid-sort of white. Yeah. And Pink for a apple, which is still in the ground. Yeah. And Charlotte's for your salads, of which yeah. I gave you a bag yeah, of the last ones. Absolutely Might be a bit of fork damage on those, mate, but they're the last of the Charlottes. They're nice, nice. and you can tell what they are because they've got a different skin altogether. Lovely, isn't they? Yeah, they're really good. And they're still great with mint and butter on them. Yeah. Beautiful salad potato. Nice. So yeah, the spuds good. have come up, and, and I've really enjoyed doing that by hand. Yeah. You know, hand getting them out. Um, and then we've literally spent, lifting them with a fork. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We've lifted them up with a fork, crated them, brought them in, and then I've spent the last two days grading them. Yeah. And the ones which are perfect have gone into long-term sacks. Yeah. And then I've got ones which might have a bit of fork damage or maybe a tiny bit of wire worm hole. But I'll tell you what, the other thing, you know, we were talking about sweet corn earlier. Mm. Mate, there's no slug damage. It's just too dry. Yeah. There's no slug damage on any of the spuds. There aren't any. <laughs> and so it's winners and losers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I think probably helped the potatoes was they were in shallow. Yeah. So whatever water they got, they got it. Yeah, yeah. If they were really deep, it wouldn't. It would have evaporated it got because to, it was yeah. too hot. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a really strange sort of to and froing of of the season, and um, I'm really pleased that it's worked out though to get some good potatoes in because looking at I don't know how many. I think we've probably got 400 kilos, maybe. Okay. I think we've probably got about. Yeah. I think we. I think we. If I weighed up all of the seed, it was probably 40 kilo. Yeah. About forty kilo, yeah. and I think we've got a tenfold increase. Yeah. So I think. So what? And obviously, presumably, you'll save some next year to sow. Will you? Will you so, buy, buy no, no. We, you know, I wanted to talk about this with people. Is that? I don't know how much. Everywhere on the news is talking about the potato harvest being very low in the UK because of the drought. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking the availability of seed is probably going to be low or at the least expensive. Yeah. And so even though I don't want to rely wholly on home safe seed, mm. I've kept back all of my hen's egg potatoes as I'm grading yeah. them. Yeah. And I've got I've obviously split them out into different varieties. Mm. And um, you know, we, we bought a twenty kilo sack of Desiree seed spuds, yeah. and that is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. But we grew a lot. And I'm intending on growing probably twice as many next year. Yeah. At at least yeah. to sell through for the farm shop and stuff like that. So I haven't got enough seed potato. I'll have to buy some in, yeah. but I don't want to be only reliant on seed spuds coming in. And then someone saying, well, I actually haven't got any, yeah, or yeah. I can't get that many. And so even though I understand the reasons for buying seed potatoes in to stop viral, you know, spreading yeah. year on year, yeah. I'm just hedging my bets a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, just being ahead of that, just in case. Absolutely. No harm in being... Uh, so, yeah, so sum and sum is what we'll yeah. do. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say to people is, you know, I've got a neighbour who grows his potatoes every single year from ones he buys in a supermarket. Every single year. Yeah. He goes in, he buys a variety of potato he likes. Yeah. And if they're big, he cuts them in half yeah. with an eye on. Yeah. The only thing he sometimes does is wash them because sometimes they have a sprouting inhibitor yes. on them, yeah. which I don't know what that is, but... Doesn't sound good. No, is. but what he says to me is, if you buy cheap potatoes, they won't have that on. No, no, no. They won't. It's a good shout. They won't. And no. if they're all lovely and washed, obviously maybe they have. If you yes. buy them and they're muddy from a farm shop, they probably yeah. won't have that on. No. Um, and he does that every year. Yeah. Every year, never buy seed potatoes, and never has, yeah. and never will, <laughs> as he says. <laughs> I know it's old boys. A proper mugs game, he yeah, reckons. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but, a lot of it is, though, isn't it? A lot of it is. I mean, I've got my my seed catalogue through actually. Yeah, and um, they'll have all these things in here. You know. Well, you know, don't get me wrong. It's nice looking through a catalogue and looking at what you want to buy and stuff like that. But at, at the end of the day, those potatoes. Are just this year's potatoes. Well, yes, yeah. You can't get away from it. No, no. You know that that's where they are. They're grown at altitude. That's yeah. what. That's why they're v- right. certified virus free. Right. Because the viruses don't exist above fifteen hundred meters. Oh, okay. That's the only reason. Right. So, you know, it's nice looking through the different varieties, isn't it? Oh. Interested to see if they say that um, Desiree is drought resistant in there, wasn't it? I don't know if they do them in here. Of course they will. Disease resistant. Sarpo's going to be there then, isn't it? Yeah, Sarpo mirror I got there. Yeah, yeah. Organic as well. Yeah. But then, so, yeah. We're looking through the King's Catalogue King's Catalogue. But this is the one I get from the Allotment Society. So this is the one that I've spoken about before. Yeah. That is, I mean, the markup on the seeds that you buy in the nursery and the garden centres, mate, are ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I would advise everybody to um, get in with their kind of... Are these all organic, Al? No. Just says when they are. Oh, look, see, these are the ones that people love, aren't they? Oh, Red Roosters, yeah. yeah. Maybe they haven't got zero in here, mate. Don't look like it. No, it don't. But I reckon, don't. like I say, the, the, the zero that I used to buy from the super, from the uh, farm shop down yeah. the road there, I reckon if I'd have saved those and sold them, they'd have grown absolutely fine. There's no, yeah. no problem there. Isn't it it's funny how Sarpo Mirror isn't even in that one? No. All up, Satanta no. and Cara. That's disease resistant, though. Yeah, but you'd yeah, think Sarpa, you'd think yeah. Sarpo would be that yeah. side because that's what it's bred for. Mind so, you, if you have a look over it, it'll probably tell you, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, this this is interesting. Yeah, you, no, listening, isn't it? We're all just we're just all sitting here looking for a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, mate. Look, Sarpo. Look, blight resistant. Yeah. Free. It's got the free ticks. Free ticks. Look at that. No messy. No so messy. I can say to people, King's catalogue, and you can get that now. And it's. It's nice to actually have a physical copy rather than being on a website sometimes, isn't it? I, I, I enjoy getting this. I have to say, I look for it every year. And it comes through from the Allotment Society. And it, the, the markdown that they get on there, the discount we get, is unreal. It really yeah. is. And it does give you an idea of how much of a mugs game it is. Yeah. There are some things that are, you know, not much different. No. We did, like, we did an episode on it once. Yeah, some, some things are crazy, crazy difference in price. Yeah. So definitely worth shopping around anyway, at the very least. Yeah, I would um, say so. And, and I, would, I, you know, I would heartily recommend Kings, I have to say. So what the, the other things I'm harvesting, I'm still harvesting green beans. Yep. Um, I'm, now, I don't want you to get jealous, bruv, but I'm harvesting melons. It's a beautiful thing. And absolutely, I've never grown a melon. No. So it has been a bit of a month of first. So I've had my first homegrown or farm-grown melon. Mm-hmm. But it's just in a greenhouse. Yep. I know now that I could do them in my little polytunnel, yeah. uh, my little plastic greenhouse. Yeah. 
I've had two really lovely cauliflowers. Yeah. Good size. All that. It's yeah. been wonderful. Yeah. Um, and the tomatoes are still going. Yeah. Still going. Except, oh. I think something either happens to the tomato plants or the tomato growers. You either think, oh, I've had enough of tying these things up and cutting them back and all of that. And you get to a state where... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna live with each other. I'm gonna let you get a bit wild. Yeah. You're gonna give me back a few tomatoes, Definitely. but I'm not gonna overdo it anymore because yeah. I'm a bit tired. Yeah. Whereas, and and that's definitely true on some of those um, Italian tomatoes. They've gone a bit bushy and a bit wild. Yeah. And whereas um, the cordons are still looking great. Yeah. And they would keep going, I reckon. Yeah. And, and I've oh, yeah. I've deliberately left a couple. Um, I haven't taken the tops out. Yeah. And they're going a lot along now. I want to see how long they'll go. And they're going along the top of my greenhouse now. Yeah, but I want to see how long they will produce and ripen fruit in the tunnel. Yeah. So that next year, oh, okay, yeah. next year I'll have an understanding that how long you can have fresh tomatoes for. Absolutely. See, I, as you know, I like to be eating fresh tomatoes into December. Yeah. If everything but, goes to plan. But, they, but you will have picked them and bought them in. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. So time. I want to see how long I can grow, grow them for tomatoes them. for. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really nice is that. I've not, I've not fed them tomatoes once. Have you not? No. Nope. that good muck there, aren't they? I just planted them in well-rotted muck mm. at the end of the tunnel, which would be the equivalent of you putting them in well-rotted muck in your greenhouse or floor. Or bed or whatever, yeah. They're only three feet apart. Yeah. You've seen them. Yeah. Maybe three feet apart. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got, you know, a relatively small greenhouse, you can still get three or four cordons in there. Mm. You know? Not too bad, is it? I do. I I do twelve cordons in my seven by five greenhouses each. But they're in pots, aren't they? They are. They're in. <clears throat> they're in pots with the bottoms cut out, oh, right. and then down into soil yeah. now. So because after last year with it being, like, and I'm glad I did it this year that way, because it saved me worrying about it. when I went away on holiday. Yeah. I didn't have to worry so much oh, about the water in there. I made it really soaked in the bottom, and they'll find the moisture down in the ground if it's there to yeah. be found. So yeah, but my my tomatoes are really still giving. What's been interesting for me is like as you know, I've done all mountain magic at the other but some of them are producing these nice sized salad tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and others are, are cherries. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I've had the same. And I, I know and, it's because they're F1s. Yeah, and they, <clears> and they <throat> do like a truss, and then at the end of the truss, another shoot comes yeah, out. Yeah, quite a lot of that. And I know yeah. someone else had that as well. And someone who'd been growing tomatoes yeah. similarly it might for be, years, never seen it before either. It might, might be to do with the, the heat and the drought, though. <clears> it could be a byproduct of that. I think it's that they're growing so fast that they make mistakes. It's a bit like a, yeah. you know, for want of a better phrase, and it's not a nice one, but for like a cancer, you get that yeah. cell reproduction. Yeah. But then they, they, make, mutation, they yeah. make mutations, they make errors, and then they just go off and carry on doing what yeah. they were doing as if it were normal. Yeah. So in a lot of that, you get the sort of truss and then continuing. And sometimes even more flowers further down the truss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I've been taking them off, I yeah. have to say. Yeah. But, uh, but like I say now, you get to a point, don't you? You're like, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got enough tomatoes, or I can sort of give you a little bit of freedom here. It's like having a petulant teenage child, yeah, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've gotten to the point where I've just gone. Do you know what? What what is on there now is going to ripen. Yeah, and I've got no problem. I've got plenty on there that's going to ripen. Yeah, if it can produce extra fruit now, yeah, I can bonus. ripen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so if I can get between now and the first frost, yeah, let's say let's give it a month, right? Yeah, let's say it's about a month from now. It's probably longer, but let's say it's a month. I've got that in the greenhouse with the protection. Yeah. If that can produce reasonable sized fruit that look, they that get is, past that opaque stage. Yeah. So they then start to be a bit shiny. That's when you know they can ripen. Yeah, yeah. Once they get to that point, it doesn't matter how yeah, big bring they them are. In, yeah. I'll bring them in and I'll ripen so the doors. I, one of the things I've decided is to take a lot of the green off my tomatoes because I, mm. I will be able to, I will be able to keep yeah. them going for a bit longer. Yeah. Not loads longer. It's no different from you. So tomatoes have been coming in. I 
got my set onions out today, only because yep. I know we're going to have a wet week and they'd all yep. gone over and I just didn't want yep. all the leaves to get covered in mud. Yep. But my salad, but my seed sown onions are still in the ground and the leaves are still really right firm. Yeah. So I'm leaving them where they are. Yeah. Obviously courgettes, cucumbers. I'm loving the courgette harvest, mate. Yeah, it's been amazing. I've been using so many. I haven't even preserved any properly yet. I've yeah. frozen a few. We've done a lot of freezing. Well, I haven't done a lot of chutney. I've done a lot of freezing. That's what I've done mainly. Um, the second lot of sweet corn's coming up. Yeah. Carrots are beautiful. Beetroot's been beautiful. Yeah. I'm eating my second lot of greyhound. Yeah. And I, I can tell you now, I'm just completely and utterly ignoring any advice on the back of a packet of greyhound. I just sow them when I'm on, and I know that in 12 weeks I'll be getting them out. So yeah. it doesn't actually matter when you sow them. No. And, and so I've just been doing that. And I've, I've done another load. And then right in the middle of winter, I'll probably chance me on and see what happens. <laughs> Bang them in and see what, see what happens. Well, it's a cabbage for all seasons, yeah? Yeah, greyhound. It might well be greyhound, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. they're like, and they hearted up, they've hearted up lovely. Yeah. yeah. And we had a bit of tip burn on them and they have, um, you know, been, been problematic um, with a bit of browning on the outer leaves. But you go in two leaves, perfect, perfect. Yeah. One thing that's been interesting in growing the cabbages is that uh, I've had whitefly, but only on one... Only on the Spring Hero. Oh, no, only on the Savoy. Really? Only on the Savoy. Is that... It must be a nicer taste for yeah. a white fly <laughs> because they are right next to January King. Oh, really? And the January King are perfect. Wow. And they're opposite Greyhounds and they're perfect. All right, and so there's, there's yeah. your sacrificial crop if you ever need yeah. one. And I've left some in. But you know what? They're not for... Those Spring Hero are not until March. Yeah. And I they'll reckon come they'll back. come good. Well, I reckon... should do. I've, I've got a load of Wheelers Imperial that I did, which yeah. is supposed to be like April. And it's been sown out here just at the front of the house, unprotected. Yeah. And I've had a load, you know, and the cabbage whites are smart, aren't they? They only do a few eggs on the small yeah, plants. Yeah, they do, yeah. don't they? So I've picked off the few caterpillars that I've seen, but not to, not soon enough to stop them from getting stripped down to the yeah. bones, yeah? But they'll come back. Yeah, they will. You know, as soon as the cabbage whites are not around, then they've got a chance to recover. Well, I've, I've stripped the, the caterpillars off and I've planted them out in the allotment now yeah. and give it a few weeks and it, you'll never know Probably, that was ever no. a problem. So, uh, you know, there, there's lots to be done with harvests yeah. um, and I'm also like I was saying getting some really nice apples off of the trees that I've what did, mm. what did you call it what do you call it rogue planting when you go out and just plant oh. apples <laughs> yeah. ninja planting yeah. but I don't know what ninja it is ninja gardening I don't know yeah. ninja apple yeah, gorilla, yeah, so, gardening, gorilla, gorilla gardening gorilla gardening yeah, yeah. so I've, I've, I've relocated yeah. a few uh, apple trees yeah. and what's lovely is just taking the kids out and knowing where they are and yeah. beating them and then the crab apple trees that I know where they are are having their year on because they yeah. go very biannual. Yeah. Um, and there is going to be a cracking harvest of harvest off my crab apple year. jelly. So yeah. I might not have made any blackberry. Yeah. But my goodness, am I going to make yeah. some crab apple this year? Yeah. And I'm going to make plenty. Yeah. Um, so that's been it. Dehydrating. Yeah. Um, Before you go on, I've got a bit on the old harvest because I've been harvesting a load of Cavallo Nero as well, which has yeah. been really nice. Yeah. Well, we've had some tonight in that banging lesson. Yeah, we did. And the the um the runner beans now, my runner beans are finished, so I've yeah. taken them out. Okay. And that just leaves more space for me. So I was gonna ask you about this because obviously I've got a lot of beans to take out. Yeah. And the easiest way to do that for me is to dig up everything, pull it all out. Yeah. But what I really want to do is cut them to leave the it's nitrogen obvious. fixing nodules in the ground. Because I'm gonna rotivate them in. Yeah. Which would make a lot of sense, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. So for people out there who are thinking about Getting their bean plants down, what would you suggest they do? I, all I did, because mine are in wigwams, so they're in this big circle. Yeah. All I did was lift the canes up far enough that I could see what was going on. Yeah. Snipped off the bottom. Yeah. And I went round the wigwam until I'd done that to all of them. Yeah. And then I lifted the whole thing out yeah. with all the 
most, I mean, I've taken, put down the, some of the foliage just to make it easier yeah. to get to. And so then I had this big wigwam with what was left of the vines on it, a few bits of, you know, like tatty old beans on there. And, yeah. you know, some, a few that are dried out and whatever else. And I just lifted that away somewhere I could actually get to it a bit yeah, easier and then yeah. worked on it, it, there. Worked it there. And then all I've done then is hoe everything that was left in the ground down to ground level. Yeah. And then I will, because I'm going no dig, I will literally just pile on top of that with a load more. Yeah. And I'll rotate mine yeah. in for the yeah. big crop. One, yeah. Can I just talk about one pet hate? Go on. If you do this, please, please tie up your bamboo canes and please store them nicely. <laughs> I hate seeing bamboo canes left out because they do rot really quick yeah. if they're left in a... But if you look after them, they actually last, they last loads, years, yeah. don't they? I'll tell you what, do you know what I do? Because I'll just pull off, I'll just tease off all those vines. Yeah. And they're already tied at the top. Yeah, they are. So I'll then put, I've got some crates up it on the, on their sides. One screw to the side of my shed. Yeah. I slide them down in the gap between the, the yeah. slats on the crate. Yeah. With the... Bean topper on. With the top still tied on. Yeah. And then next year, the string probably would have rotted out. Yeah. So I'll just replace that as I put it out. Yeah, nice. Put it straight back in the yeah, ground. That's it. Please so, look after easy. your bamboo cane. Yeah. Like, it's a pet hate of mine. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like you to be doing is using hazel or chestnut poles well, and all that business. Yeah, I deal well, mate, but we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> but, but to be fair... I, I, no, I'm never going to get to it. There's no way I'm cutting that many people. No, no. But most of, my, most of my canes have been cut. I cut myself. Yeah, I know. You've so, been cutting them. Um, so, so, uh, so runner beans are done. I've had loads of lovely green, fresh green beans. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I've still got cabbages, chilies. I've had a lot of chilies now. Starting, a few of them starting to ripen as well, like red, red up. I've had a lot of eat green chilies all year nearly. But Cyclone, I've been using. I've got long slim, like cayenne. Yeah, and I think I did a few cayenne, but they were long. I just had seed for long yeah. slim, so I did that. But I'll go through there and I'll choose some yeah. more out of the can. And I'm just stringing them and yeah. drying them indoors. Yeah. They've been really good. Yeah. I've, I've pickled some. As you yeah, can see. yeah. I'm looking forward to those, so, mate. A little quick pickle for those, which is that. Might have got mixed up though, so there might be a bit of roulette going well, on. Well, I'll tell you what, there will be no roulette over whatever there's in there that's green because that's my chilies and oh, they are woo. hot. <laughs> we're but smashing them, mate. That's a really good trick, actually. It's one worth, um, you know, we are talking about Gluckbusters last time. I don't want to dwell too too long on it, but we'll probably come back to it at some pickle point. Pickle chilies. Quick pickles at home. Yeah. So easy, right? If you get 50 50 vinegar yeah. and water, yeah. and you can then slice up any vegetables you like, bang it in, thin, bang it in there. Make sure it covers mm-hmm. in a jar that seals. Keep it in the fridge. Two weeks yeah. in the fridge, and then you've got six weeks to eat it. Great. And that works with anything. So I, I really love doing that with sliced chilies, but you yeah. can do it with beetroot, carrots, beans. cauliflower, beans, yeah. anything, yeah. any veg. Just yeah. wash it, slice it up really thin, bang it in the vinegar, and it will keep. Lovely. Uh, obviously, it doesn't keep forever because it's relatively low vinegar content, acid content, but it will keep for a good long time. And like bring that out with a bit of ham. Won't last, long, it won't last that long in my house. Well, they, they get chucked in salads in here. You can imagine. You can imagine. So, so that's harvest time, mate. Harvest time, yeah. So you started talking about foraging. So let's go back on that one. Yeah, I didn't do an awful lot of blackberry picking, but like I said to you, I've been doing a bit of foraging of um, apples. No, I'm right, thanks, mate. Apples. Water. Yeah, I'll get a drink of water. Um, apples have been up there, and the crab apples. I'm looking for because I missed the crab apples last year because yeah. there weren't any on that tree. So yeah, um, there'll be some of that. I'm I'm noticing though that the rose hips are coming, and that might be something yeah, that people are into. Yeah, that. that might be saying that people are into. Um, you've been picking a lot of elderberries, and obviously I was alluding to your wine there. You've picked quite a few, and there's still some of those around. I reckon I've done twenty kilos. There's still a few of them around though, isn't there? There's still a few. I, I've. What's happened is there was an early flush, and then the ones that were. With this, you know, there were quite a few heads with a few green berries on there, and they weren't ripe to pick when I was doing it earlier. They're now ready, they are, um, yeah. but with this rain, they won't be ready very long. 
No, so you'll have to get them in quick. If you're going to do it this weekend, it's probably your last chance, I would yeah. suggest. So, this area anyway. you know, as well as as well as that, I, you know, I always feel that autumn's the time when I might want to start thinking about getting a few rabbits and yep. so on and so forth. Yep. And uh, I haven't done that this year. Um, so but that, that'll be something that I'll yeah. have a look at well, and I'm it won't be long before it's mushroom time well yeah I'm looking forward to that and maybe we'll go out some of that this year but I've got a load of blackberries in the in the freezer and I've made three gallons of elderberry wine but I've Looks also, great as well, also made a load of elderberry syrup yeah nice right, you're going to love this right yeah check this out elderberry syrup and what are these well you're going to make silicon mould you're going to make elderberry gummy bears I am going to make elderberry gummy bears <laughs> that's what I'm going to do Alan, yeah. I think you've got too much time on that. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Look at that. Well, that's going to be the picture for the podcast. Mate, I can tell you that. that's going to be epic, isn't it? That is going to be epic. Um, I reckon Alan's actually going to make some vodka ice cubes or something like that. That's what they're for. <laughs> well, my girls are like, can we put some chocolate in there? I'm like, oh, no, fast, but, but, but we could definitely make some elderberry sweets. Elderberry gummies. Because, so, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I use a lot through the winter. Yeah. Try and ward away the nasties and the bugs and everything else. And I like it as a nice hot drink, but then I saw this recipe for turning them into gummy bears. I was like, give it a go, mate. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. So that'd be an amazing thing. I'd like yeah. to see how that comes out. Yeah. Um, I would imagine this by by the next podcast, we'll be hopefully doing some honey. If there is any, I don't know if I'm going to be harvesting any from the okay. hives I've got. We probably need to feed our bees this week. Yeah, we will. I, hate I reckon we've got at least two supers. Do you? Which, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, without right. a shadow of a doubt. Oh, wow. Right. I reckon there's definitely one at Crossing Hand. Okay. And they reckon there's definitely one on the farm where I am now. Oh, okay. So I'll, it's I'll possible there's one at Chilbridge. Yeah. Possible. Me and you are all right then, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I'm not too far off all right as it is, but yeah, it'd be nice to have some fresh honey. That's for it sure. would be nice. And just to just to have that feeling of the end of the season yeah. and all that kind it's of stuff. It's a nice thing to do, isn't it? So absolutely. That'd be nice next time we get together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did a couple of years ago, do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, one of the things that I would, I would maybe um, encourage people to do between... You know, maybe this could be something people could think about for putting on the web, you know, on um, Facebook, is maybe find an apple tree in your local area, a wild one. Yeah. And let's see if we can get some pictures, not one that's in your garden or that, yeah. yeah. Find an apple tree, which otherwise perhaps those apples would just fall. Yeah. yeah? And let's see who can find a nice wild a wild apple tree. Yeah. And then maybe what kind of flavour it is or yeah. what kind of apple it is and make something with it, so... Yeah. I know where there's a few, but I'm going to go out my way to look for a different one and get yeah. one. You know? I know where there's a pear tree, but it's getting to them. It's so so tall. It's getting to them. There's not many pears on it, so the you know, effort to reward. You either want a small child to go up and shake <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. him, or you want a long ladder. Long ladder, yeah. <laughs> or a chainsaw. Yeah. Might just a bit terminal picking well, them like that. Might, might ruin next year's harvest, the chainsaw. Uh, cop his pears, is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to find one. You find right, one. Okay. Right, I think there's a few spots around here. It's often by the roadsides and stuff you're driving around. Certainly one on my way to into Lewis. We're going to town. Yeah. yeah. You see and then, the river there. And then one other thing I'd be very interested in, purely because I can eat it, yeah. is between now and next spring, yeah. I'd love to find within 50 miles a beach that we could forage some shellfish on safely. Mate, at the moment there's not any... Not now at the moment because there's been a lot of sewage release on yeah. the south coast, as people yeah. know, yeah. or they might not know. But yeah. there must be, mustn't there, somewhere along the south coast, somewhere where you can get shellfish yourself. Well, I've talked about the fella that we was. I was down with with work. I was working with, with the lads at school, and we were down on the beach, not far from Brighton actually. Mm. And um, there was a fella down there that was catching his lunch. Yeah, and he literally went down there with a net. Yeah, and he was going through. 
and he had some massive prawns. He was getting like, prawns or shrimps or something. Yeah, he? but they were like you know like big style, the size of your I don't know, not bigger than your little finger. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, and lots of them, not just one or two. And yeah. you know when you go with your kids rock pooling, you find a few little ones, little, don't you? But bit weedy ones, too too small to make a difference. He obviously had the skills and the knowledge of where and when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I know that there are razor clams on beaches down here. Mm-hmm. I know that there are mussels down yeah. here. Yeah. And obviously winkles. And the yeah. thing about it is I can actually eat them. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be really yeah. excited about Not that. Not to mention the seaweeds. Yeah. I think seaweed. there's something all varieties. Is it UK varieties of seaweed? All of them are edible at the right time of year? I think that's I, right. But, well, there you go. That's our little challenge, isn't yeah. there? But yeah. I would love to be able to use a local resource. And even if it was then became like an annual, you know, we found one beach where it was good. And we went there specifically for that. And yeah. we went with a few buckets and filled up and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I'd really like to do that. Right. I'd really like to do that. Well, we were going to go fishing tonight, weren't we? But the weather's not really uh, conducive, is it? Now we're in between that mackerel season and and uh, winter season. So I reckon we'd have got a few mackerel if we'd have gone tonight. If we'd have gone, yeah, maybe. Maybe with the rain, perhaps not. But... Who knows? But it is interesting now, and it's <clears throat> look. It's just getting dark, and it's about half eight. Well, it is dark now. It's dark now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it won't be long before we're going for a little bit of whiting and codling and all nice. those things. Yeah, totally nice. different ball game. Yeah. No one can see how bad you are at casting as well, Al, in the dark. Oh, this is a result for me, mate, I tell you. <laughs> Apart from when you knock a fella out five miles <laughs> up the beach, you thought you'd cast out and you've cast sideways and hit him in the head with a four ounce bit of lead. <laughs> Why is there an ambulance on the beach? I don't know. Got a four ounce grip weight embedded in his skull, that bloke. <laughs> Oh dear. Right, so there you go. That's where we're at with regards to the foraging and harvesting. Really, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think. I've, I've been I've been doing a lot of freezing. Um, little bit of not much dehydrating to be honest with you. Yeah. But certainly been looking to preserve what I've been bringing in. I, I know I've been going to see a lot more with that big truck that you made me every yeah. every about for three or four days. Filling it up. Filling it up. Coming home again. And although it's been all the same things, because yeah. obviously I've got a relatively small space. I've got relatively small, you know. Narrow variety of different things that I grow, I've got lots of all of them. Yeah. So I'm not short of green beans. If you want green beans, I have green beans. Yeah, tomatoes, tomatoes. Um, you know, beetroot's been good. The sweet corn has been amazing. I've got some, did I tell you I did some baby sweet corn? No. So I was down at the, the garden centre one day getting something else and they had baby sweet corn in there and my kids, I mean, they love it, right? Yeah, yeah. I like you go and buy that in the supermarket. Yeah, premium that product. Is money, right? So, well, you know. Let's and try it's it. not just. Baby corn, is no, it? No, no, it's a different, it's a different variety. That's yeah, right, yeah. Um, and so I've grown that. And I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah, I, I've done it. It's not quite ready yet. It's starting to brown up on the tassels, but it's not quite there. So, but, that, weeks but they, ne- they never go. From what I remember, mm. when you when you have them in a stir fryer, you buy them. They're never uh, succulent kind of co- kernels, are they? No, they're more, no. they're more like yeah. small ones. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they need to ready, wait. Yeah. Well, there's only way it's home. Try right, that, mate. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed you haven't bought one over there. Mind you, I didn't bring a melon, did I? Well, no, <laughs> to be fair. And I've been to the allotment since the weekend. And I ain't going to right now. So that's that. Yeah. So, yeah, my preserving, like yours, has, has been a lot about freezing, yeah. dealing with those gluts. Yeah. But I've also been using the dehydrator daily, yeah. putting chilies and peppers and tomatoes yeah. through it and made yeah. loads of that. Yeah. Drying the beans and they're starting to get processed yeah. now. Um, yeah, I, I haven't done much in the way of chutneys and Not all of that. Yet. And, and you know, I'm not a huge chutney eater, really. I like, I, I make some courgette pickles because I yeah. eat them. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of chutneys. I use them as a cooking ingredient more than yeah. having them on the side and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but I know that the fruits that we've had the gluts of, they've gone into jam. And yeah. we've made a lot of jam this year. Yeah. A lot of jam this year. It's real money saver if you eat jam. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that I can, like I say, do some crab apple preserving. Yeah, I haven't done much chutney, but I'm like you. I mean, I, I was looking in my pantry on the shelf and... 
you know, one of the ways we spoke before about how do you know enough's enough? You know, when when do you know you've got enough? And, yeah. and I looked out there and I've got, like, I made chutney last summer and I've dated it and I've got about three jars out there still. So you know that what you've used in the year, don't and you? And I probably only made six jars. So I've probably used three jars of chutney. Probably well, give one away as well, well known you. Yeah, probably. probably you yeah. Have, you? So, or taking one in and, and share yeah. it with people at work, whatever. Yeah. So I don't eat a lot of chutney at home. Yeah. Nor do I. I, I, when I do eat I go for a spell like I'll have a week or two yeah. where I just eat it but I do put it in day, but... I do put it in um, curries and yeah. things like that as an ingredient and um, we're going to get talking in a minute about some different cooking options for yeah. people and yeah. think, think suddenly you might think oh that would that would there's a Christmas chutney that I do which is apple based yeah. and dry, and fruit dry fruit and so I probably will make that one that's probably my favourite of all the ones that I make yeah. yeah I probably will try and make some more of that but other than that I'm I think this year I'm not too worried. If I suddenly go down the allotment, I've got like more courgettes than I know what to do with. I'll make that sweet. But, I'll, make, I'll make that bread and butter pickle. That's my yeah, favourite. Yeah. I love that. But I, I've been eating them. I've been mm. eating them. And that's probably where we segue into how I've been eating them. Yeah. Because at the weekend, I went to the supermarket and, and you know... I, uh, who got theirs first? That's what I know. I think I might have got mine first, right? So I, I went to the supermarket on Saturday morning about nine o'clock. And you bought a... And I went into Aldi, as I do... And in the middle aisle, which I always avoid because yeah, you do, end up you? spending money on it. Yeah. And then there was a, a, a there was a slow cooker in there. Yeah. And I looked at it and I went, fifteen quid for a slow cooker. That's not bad, is it? Well, I might have been eighteen, but whatever it was, it was yeah. like it was so cheap, and I was like, well, I should maybe probably get this. And then I went, but it's in the middle aisle, and I had yeah, this little dun, internal dun, dun, dun. turmoil thing going so on. He put it on another shelf and then picked it up. So so I put it in the basket, took it with me, and bought it. And I last the weekend before yeah. decided to get one yeah. and I bought mine on eBay. Yeah. Mum's a tenner. Right, okay. And I did a bit of research as I do before I spend any money. Mm. So I'm a bit of a cheapskate. Mm. And I was looking on Facebook Marketplace, but I couldn't get one as good as what I was going to get for cheaper. But subsequently I have seen them for around the same price. Right. But but not quite as good. Yeah. Because the one I got was actually brand new. Yeah. Boxed. Yeah. All still wrapped and plastic yeah. and everything. Yeah. And well, I think it's been fair to say uh, we've shared a lot of recipes about, <laughs> about slow cooks and crock pots over the last. <laughs> we're like two old girls from the WI oh, oh, having I, a little go. Since Monday morning, I might have spent more time talking to you on text about this than <laughs> with my wife. To be fair, about anything. I'm te- I can tell now. Debs is that's my wife's. And when I go, I tell you what else. And she says, "If you say another thing about crock pot, oh, really? that's it." Yeah. <laughs> You can make yogurt in a crock. You can make porridge overnight yeah. in a crock pot. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. let's just say we're both a little bit excited about a crock well, pot. It's, it's a little bit sad, but I am absolutely. It's. I think it's going to be transformative. I actually I really do. do as well. Yeah. And and you know it would be silly for us not during this podcast to make reference. But we know we spoke about it about energy prices and things like that. But we've deliberately yeah. we're deliberately not going to talk a lot about that today. No, no. But they are ten times cheaper that to run nearly. Than a regular oven, yeah. You know, especially if you're doing something over a four, three or four hours, like I would do with my infamous Spanish, Italian, French Tuscan <laughs> bean stew, your European bean stew, <laughs> Gallic. Can I say Gallic? EU stew. EU stew. We ain't in the EU out. Oh no, but the idea is from that. I know. Anyway, spiced tomato bean stew. Okay. I think we'll have to call it that. 
Whatever it's called. <laughs> Oh, I, love it. I don't know what we're going to call it now, mate. Just stick That's with Tuscan me. beans, mate. Just yeah. stick with Tuscan. Non-Tuscan beans. Not, oh, yeah, probably I like the other. Because there's nothing. Faux Tuscan. Faux Tuscan. Faux Tuscan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, for things like that, it's 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 going to really come into its own in it. Not just about the energy cost, but you know, for a lot of people who who haven't got the time and they do lead a busy life. I think that is something that I will use in the morning and I am the worst person in the morning. I like to get up and go out, mm. but I reckon there there are many things that I will be able to do and then there are other things I'll really be able to do, certainly over the weekend, mm. but also overnight like you're going to use. So. Well, I've, what I found was, you know, we were texting about it on, I don't know, Sunday was it probably, mm. about how we're going to do this. Yeah. It's like the overnight thing for me is an absolute game changer because it means that I can put on a soup yeah. or a stew or yeah. a, whatever it might be overnight yeah and in the morning I can get it out pull it down a bit chuck it in the fridge yeah and then go to work yeah and then when I come home in the evening all I've got to do is warm it up again yeah absolutely. and in fact if I want to take some for lunch, my lunch that day or save some for lunch done the it. next day it's yeah. done it's done and so you know I'm, I'm really really keen to eat good food when I'm at work as well as and when I'm travelling as well as when I'm at home yeah and I like to take a little bowl of something to work to yeah. eat at lunchtime you know, healthy nutritious and all that and so this is going to be, especially this time of year when it's, I feel like eating stews now, mm. starting to cool off a little bit. It's absolutely transformative. Yeah. And for me, it's, you know, my wife works and my kids come in and, yeah. and, and the tendency to cook not great stuff is really quick, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. so I know that, I know that perhaps, you know, in the evening, the way I think I'll use it is I'll prep everything in the evening, yeah. but I'll actually cook it in the day because yeah. that's what works for me. And I yeah. really like that idea of coming home and it being... Done. Well, what's nice is that the, the pot that I've got in mind, it's three and a half litre pot, it lifts out, I'm sure yours does the same. It's it nothing to stop you lifting it out, filling it up with stuff, putting it in the fridge. Yeah. And the then getting out in the morning. Yeah, the only thing is that I know from that you don't want to really put a refrigerated thing onto them. No. And, no. and I think we just both make it clear that both of us have got crock pots which have got a metal no, insert. No, no, I know it's yours ceramic. Yeah, mine's ceramic. Oh, mine's metal. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky because mine goes on the hob. Yeah, mine doesn't. But to be honest with you, mm. but isn't that nice? You can, that goes on the table though, doesn't it? Nice, yeah, you serve yeah. to serve it so out. So it is. I, I think. Oh, me, let's be honest, though, bro. I'd have dropped that by now, wouldn't I? Well, that's the only worry I've got. I'm clumsy. Yeah, I'm worried I'd I'm not dropping. I'd have dropped there. it or put it in cold water. Yeah, you know, one of yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. I got I've got one called a sear and steam. Okay. So you, you can use the one that I've got if you want to brown your meat and onions or whatever. You can put it onto the hob. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's as good. Heat-wise, as a ceramic one, I don't think it's uh, as slow and and, and spreads the heat. Well, that's just what I've read. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what I'm like. I just picked. I literally I saw it and I thought I've been toying with the idea. I think probably based on conversations we'd had or yeah. with Carl or someone. Um, but toying with the idea of it, and when I saw it, I was like, well, for that price, give it a go. Why not? You know, and, and yeah. it will save me that money. And we're probably we're probably that. talking to every other person who listens to Everyone's this. Like, probably what are you doing? Got, we've all got one already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you mean you've only got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'm sure. But, I'm the, sure. you know, what's nice is that I can say now that the 3.5 litre size is fine for a family of four. Yeah. Just right. Yeah. And yeah. not too much extra, which is I nice. I think that's the reason why I'd st- I was asked today, why, how have you not got one? How have you never had one before? And I think that's the answer. Is that I was always worried because I tend to cook big batches. So I batch cook, freeze, yeah. and then leave it. And what I can actually do now is cook fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And not have to freeze it all the time, yeah. which saves me freezer space as well. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, the, 
I've just spent the last two months getting rid of a lot of clutter in my house. Yes, yeah, that's another reason. And I didn't want yeah. to have an, a, an appliance that I didn't use and just took up a load of valuable space. Yeah. But I know now it's going to earn its place on the worktop. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to earn its place on the worktop. Yeah. Well, it's not been away yet. No. So, so when I go home tonight, I'm going to make a chickpea potato curry. Nice. With coconut milk. Yeah. That's what's going in in the morning. Is that the going. lentil one? Yeah, you yeah. Me, yeah. So it's lentil, Lentils, chickpeas, onions. Um, I think it's just curry powder. Yeah. Maybe some garam masala or something like yeah. that. But I'll probably, I have got some herbs at home, um, yeah. some spice at home. Yeah. I'll put a little bit of fresh stuff in here. Yeah. And then um, potato. Yeah. Which I've got quite a bit of. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to prep it all tonight and I'm going to turn it on in the morning. And then you just do it in a little bit of fluid chicken uh, vegetable stock or chicken yeah. stock and then when you get in you pour in a can of coconut milk and then you put it on and then you leave it for another two hours yeah. and i think it's going to be absolutely lovely yeah, so short of then just cooking the rice um in the conventional way on the yeah. top yeah you know i think we're going to get you know for the sake of 20 minutes a really nice curry well, i made a chicken stew in mine the first thing i did and, and did that on sunday night and then Monday night when we got in, my wife turned it into chicken noodle soup. Yeah, lovely. And then we had the leftovers as soup. Yeah. For lunch, I had some of it today. And, and I had a... Like, and I, had a I don't want to say Spanish now, because... <laughs> I had a Spanish... European. I had a European pheasant... <laughs> chili pheasant stew. <laughs> it was Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, it had smoked paprika. Yeah, it counts. Spanish style. Yeah, Spanish style. Spanish style. Spanish style. Tuscan style. Didn't you? There we were. go. Tuscan style. Essex style, like Gangnam style. It was like, yeah, it was really beautiful. The um, pheasant we had done in it, and the kids absolutely loved it. And yeah. you know, it was kidney beans, yeah. um, tomatoes, and onions, and paprika, mm. and sweet chilies, and things like that. So, yeah. mate, I was really, really pleased with it. So incredible, boring as it might be, I do feel that it could become a regular slot. Well, I'll tell you what, what's interesting, right? And you know, you, you alluded to it. Everyone out there is probably listening going, what are you doing? How have you not, how, have you not before, got right? one? Because there are so many recipes out yeah, there. Yeah, there are. You know, and I, I, I made chicken stock in mine. So I made the soup, washed it, bowled out, put chicken stock straight yeah. on with the carcasses from the chickens that I'd used to make the chicken yeah, stew. Yeah, right? lovely. And then I've, got, I've now got fresh stock in the fridge, which mm. you know often I have, but I have to sit that on the hob for a couple of hours, yeah. burning gas. Well, that's going to cost me a fortune going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. So put it in the slow cooker overnight. And you can't burn it. No. You know, no. or forget. Well, it I haven't got to watch it. No. And that's the other nice thing is, you know, often I'll spend time in the kitchen, I'm cooking, I've got to watch it, I've got to keep an eye on it all the time. Okay. That's fine. But so tonight well, after all the time is a nice As well as luxury. finding your, an apple tree, yeah. you could share a nice slow cooker. Nice slow cooker recipe, yeah. Especially if you know what you're doing with it, because that would be amazing. Well, to two old rookies like us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a side hustle called the Slow Cooker Podcast. <laughs> What are we going to do? Talk about slow... sad, sad man slow cookers. Mate, yeah, we could do like like reviews of different slow cooker models. It could be we could be the slow cooker gurus, mate. This could be the next thing. <laughs> so anyway, oh, you've all probably got all singing, all dancing slow cookers. We're we're just getting into it. We ain't that sad, but we are really. Have you seen the ninja foodie things though? They do. My mum and dad have got a ninja food ninja, and right. they offer it to us. Right. It is bigger than my microwave. Right. Okay. And it is the and don't get me wrong, they, they paid a lot of money for it. Because yeah. my mum and dad um, you know, are living on their own and stuff like that. But they used to have a chip pan, which they yeah. now use the air fryer in it. Yeah. But I would say that the majority of the stuff they use it for is for like browning and crisping and roasting. Yeah. yeah. 
but that's got a slow cooker capacity. Yeah. And loads of different things. But I wouldn't want it on my... It's enormous, yeah. the thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's absolutely brilliant. And you could probably not have an oven and have that. Yeah. Whereas I don't think the slow cooker is ever going to take away from the conventional oven because I, I, I read about slow cooker bread. It's not something I'm ever going to make. No. <laughs> no. no. It's not going to happen, is it? No. So... I'm always going to need an oven. It's not big enough to make bread. No, but I just got to the third line where it said, don't expect it to not have a nice crunchy crust. I was like, oh, that's it. That's not finished there. Sorry. But we'd spoken in previous episodes about making yoghurt. Yep. And I found that I can make yoghurt in my slow cooker. So it's cheaper than yoghurt maker. Well, save that. Yeah. And um, I'll give it a go. Yeah. It's probably not as precise, but in the end of the day, if it works, like I was going to say, it's it's the same. And I've seen... Doing your cottage cheese in there. Yeah. Um, doing my overnight oats in there. You can have your porridge ready for in the morning and that'd be a lovely thing to have that when you wake up on a cold day. Bang yeah. that in, smash yeah. it out. So I'll probably do yoghurt over... It's going to be on 24-7, mate. Be worn out by this next well, time we do a podcast. Because you just have it on all the time. <laughs> porridge for 12 hours and then it's due for 12 hours. So porridge for 12 I wonder if I could buy a separate bowl. Yeah, I need to. Anyway... I'm going to try and use it a couple of times a week and see how I get on. And I want to get five or six staples down. That's what I want to do. So I'd like to get the boiled bacon and cabbage down if anyone's got a good recipe for that. If I can get that right, that would be serious. Well, we find just because of the way that our lifestyle is, beginning of the week is is hard. Keeping good food in the the kitchen beginning of the week. So for the first Monday, Tuesday particularly, uh, it's going to get used a load, I reckon. Okay. And then maybe later in the week, not so much, but especially through the winter, and sit being on, on for a lot. Yeah, me too. So that's the slow cooker. So um, just think about other things I've been doing. A lot of mine has been sort of organising around the place, trying to get it sorted out, you know, and particularly log storage. Mm. Trying to get the timber in because, you know, heating the house. I've spoken about it before. Um, so I've been out with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Managed to source some free oak. Logs, in there. which probably aren't going to be any good for this year, but certainly for next winter, they'll be sorted. And then obviously I'm looking at somewhere to store it, and I have invested a bit of cash into some nice timber to make a really nice log store because I want it to last a good long time. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it'll look nice, and, and then try and get it filled up every summer or whatever for the following winter. Well, winter to winter is what you want yeah. to aim for. And yeah. A bit like your compost bin. Yeah. You know, you'll probably have a bit that you fill, a bit that you're using, and yeah. a bit that's. Um, you know, yeah. drying basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, when I'll, I'll be doing the same. I'm. I've just started bringing home and stacking my um, logs at home yeah. for this winter. Yeah. Um, and I've got. I always have a little bit left over, so I've got some very dry stuff at home, which yeah, is yeah. probably three years old. Right. And that's that will go into the porch. Yeah. So that I've always got somewhere I don't have to go outside. Yeah. And then the chestnut has been drying, split drying for about 18 months. Mm. That's perfectly ready now. Yeah. So then that I'll just two or three trailer loads or two or three uh, pickup truck loads and yeah. stack it up. And it's nice wood. It's nice timber. It's nice to see it. And that's, mm. that's from the first copying that I did. So Okay. It's a lot of work. Nice to see that again. come round for yeah. full circle. Yeah. Um, what was ironic is when we first went there to do the coppicing and we wanted a fire there, there was no firewood there because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. the, it was in the winter yeah. and it was wet. Everything yeah. was wet. Yeah. We'd never been there. Yeah. So there was no dry wood anywhere. Yeah. And I remember us going, I'm going to have to go to the garage and buy some kindling. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the middle of a wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And obviously we didn't. We found a way around it. Yeah. But it's only now that I've got, you know, that 
some in a tent down there, red, and it's yeah. under. It's all fine now. Yeah. But it was just the irony of being in a wood, yeah. coppicing firewood, without any firewood. Love I it. mean, it's bonkers, isn't Love it? Love it. So, um, but now we're getting into that longer term and that rounder cycle. So, seeing 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 the the fruit of your labour, not for this year but for the next year, is a lovely thing, isn't it? So, yeah. Haven't started cutting yet because the leaves are still on the chestnuts. Yeah. But it won't be long before they drop. And then I'll and then we'll go in and we'll select out and take some more firewood out and cut and split and stack it yeah. for next year. And I love that cycle. Yeah. Love that cycle. So, you know, I'm with you on the on the log collecting and not overlooking the kindling, you know. Starting yeah. to get the odd blow of um, you know, little storms and gales here. Yeah. And but... just going along just going along that lane where I live yeah. with my little wheelbarrow yeah. with the kids and we fill up a wheelbarrow with with um twigs and windblown. Yeah. But to be honest with you, where I'm working now, there is the biggest supply of pallets ever. Yeah. I'll just use it. I'll just chain them up and mm. I'll spend an evening with my hatchet out the front and, yeah. and bag up some, some split pallets or something like I've that. I've started collecting a few, but I, I really like the birch twigs as well. They're beautiful. They're perfect they're for the smell as well. Great, great tip you gave me last winter. Oh, the smell, the smell of birch logs is yeah. a beautiful thing. And, yeah. you know, you do have to be careful burning your pallets on your fire yeah. you know heat treated ones not chemical treated ones yeah. and, I mean I look for clean ones as well yeah. I don't I want uh, you know yeah. don't have any dodgy blue painted ones or anything yeah. like that um, but just on that even though it is an expense some people might have enough to do them themselves but having your chimney swept is a really good idea yeah really good idea um, something I'd like to learn actually I was thinking mm. about this and I don't think a set of rods is that much no and, now, and, and it might be that maybe me and you we go in and get a set, yeah. and then you, we do yours, yeah. and then we do mine, yeah. and it probably pay for itself because it's, oh, it's about fifty quid to have your chimney swept, it's, and it's less than that to buy a set of rods. Yeah, so yeah. maybe we do that between yeah. us, and next year we have a go at doing it ourselves. And you're only going to use it once a year. You're going to get about yeah. three or four people. You have it one weekend. I yeah. have it one weekend. Yeah, done then, isn't it? It's just the amount of mess it makes. Off what I've heard, but if you're burning good wood and you're doing it regularly, shouldn't be too bad. Apparently, I've got excellent draw. Oh yeah, <laughs> excellent draws. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> You've got an excellent draw here in this fast. Thank you very much. <laughs> I work on it. Oh dear. So, <laughs> so you could be doing if you've got logs and log burners and things like that, or you're thinking about doing it, you definitely want to be getting on that. Yeah, and that would up. that would lead me to one thing that we were going to start to talk about. You know, we're, we're going to talk about sewing in a minute, but you know, with the log burning and the ability to provide heat, yep. I just wanted to talk a little bit, only because it's been very current in the news. Yeah. Um, and. Whether it's scaremongering, whether it's through the political climate here in the UK, where uh, we have two candidates, you know, vying for premiership, you know, it was mooted that there might be energy cuts in in the winter this year. As in, there might not be any energy. There might not actually be any energy. Yes. Yeah. You know, and there might be a shortage of um, electricity, and might have to have you know, turn, turn off, turn yeah. off for two or three hours in the middle of the night, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, all I would just say is that it's around this time of year where I would be looking at what I had around me for some contingency if I had a power cut. And whether that was light or power or heating yeah. or hot water. And so in whatever capacity you can, I think it would be remiss not to, you know, yeah, God forbid that actually ever happens. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's being mooted and talked about, You've, you, can't, you can either ignore it or do something about well, it. Well, I, I said to you before, that it reminds me of the lady on Sheppey that I saw in the news a few weeks back. Who, oh, we've had this water cut before, and what are they doing about it? Well, 
What are you we doing? know it's going to come. So what are you doing about it yeah. as an as an individual? What are you doing about it for yourself? Because yeah. waiting for somebody else to solve the problem yeah, is I'm not, not an around. answer that I'm going to go down with. That's for sure. So. so even if it is just making sure you've got some batteries and some head torches. Yep. Even if it's making sure you've got a wind up radio and a few, you know, a few things to 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 kill the time if you're not on your internet. You know, for your kids. Yeah. You know, have you got books and games and things like that? Now, I'm a great advocate in more than one thing. So I've got some uh, electronic devices, which I can run from battery. Yeah. Um, you know, radios and um, torches and stuff like that. I've got some paraffin lamps. Mm-hmm. I've got candles. So I've got lots of different things. Um, I've invested in a solar panel, which is a 20-watt solar panel, which charges my power bank, mm-hmm. which means my phone will charge, yep. you know. Uh, but I can also plug in my rechargeable lights and lanterns to that. Mm. And uh, certainly they will charge in relatively good sunshine in a day. Mm. And so when I'm at work, I can plug a few things in mm. and it just sits on the parcel shelf of the car. And yeah. even on a cloudy day, it will still do yeah. you know yeah. pr- pr- a pretty good job of charging those things up. Um, so just have some capacity for if, you know, if there was a power cut. And I know that you would probably be okay here, but... It's just little things in that, you know, in my head I'm thinking I've got a load of candles, but when I went to have a look, I used a lot of candles in my last power cut, so yeah, yeah. just making sure that that stock's up to date. Because if people are talking about it, it's not that you can't do it at the time, it's just that everybody else will be doing it at the As time. As we've spoken about before with the water cut, you know, water yeah. um, cuts we've had and everything else yeah. here when the water's been out. Yeah, and, so, yeah. you know, I don't know how, how far people will want to take it, but... I think that one of the best things my mum and dad ever purchased was a little gas heater yeah. patio. It's like a sort of like indoor fire. Yeah. And it runs off a gas can. Yeah. And the peace of mind that gives me, never mind them. Yeah. They've got gas hobs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I know that they can cook beans on toast and sit in front of a fire. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Rather than being in a cold, unelectrified flat. Well, or, especially as they're not local to you, are they? So No. No. If they, if, it, if they snow in, they'd be fine. Yeah. And if they had no power, they'd actually still be fine. Because yeah. that will run for ages and they've got gas hobs and they've got other capacities yeah. in there. Yeah. I'll be up there by then anyway. So, yeah. So, we've been told that this could happen. Yeah. So, definitely not, in, not, not any harm in going out and buying a couple of packs of candles and some matches and a little whatever it is and you think where they are. or a heater. And know, yeah. I always yeah. think that if I've got no electricity and then my phone is dead, I'd like to know what's going on. And so a small transistor radio, I think, becomes, for morale, yeah. really, really important. Yeah. yeah, Really, really important. Yeah. And, I mean, you can pick one of them up for probably five pounds. I've got a, one that you can wind up. It's got a solar panel on it, and you can put batteries in it. Yeah, brilliant. And as long as, yeah, as, long as that one doesn't break, I've got all three different methods, yeah, you know. And absolutely. that, I think, that was maybe 10, 15 quid. Yeah. It wasn't expensive. Yeah. Well, um, you can buy a small FM radio yeah. that works on headphones for yeah. a pound. Yeah. I know that. Mad, and it's yeah. just a little digital scanner one. Yeah. So you just press the button on the top, mm. and then it goes through about 12 stations, wow. and the aerial is the headphones. Yeah. So a bit like your mobile phone yeah. works. Most people don't know that their mobile phone has got a non-app-based FM radio in yeah. it, yeah. which works on the same principle, but obviously takes a lot more power yeah. than a 1AA battery that yeah. lasts however many hours. Yeah. The only thing I would say to people, which they may or may not be aware of, is that you might have a DAB radio at home, mm-hmm. which has got FM capacity. Mm-hmm. They eat the batteries, right? especially the DAB. Right. So you definitely need an old school 
transistor radio yeah. and I would just get one which has got AM and FM on it yeah. and they last for a lot longer you see yeah. you know, especially if it hasn't got a digital display or anything like that just a real old school one yeah and it might be a bit crackly when you try yeah. you have to point it in different directions to get there it's the, part of the charm of them though isn't it I would, su <laughs> I would, su I would suggest yes it is yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I would certainly encourage everyone to get one yeah. and if we're really going to go for it I would also get a wired telephone yeah. but we've spoke about that before yeah yeah yeah. if you still got a landline that is because a lot of people don't anymore well, a lot of people don't have a landline yeah. anymore but uh, right. anyway yes okay so have a little think about your power cut <clears throat> yeah how, how are you cooking so that's one little job for the, for the next couple of weeks yeah. be thinking about those sorts of things just start it? slowly but yeah. you know if you've only got an electric oven do you, do you know and you know we shouldn't talk about it but do you know September apparently is prepper month really yeah no, I didn't know. Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? I've always loved September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but yeah, just wouldn't surprise me. But if you, prepped. you know, just thinking about it, if you, if you, if you live in a house and all you've got is an electric oven and a microwave, if there's no electric, you can have where, a problem. Where are you? How are you having some hot food? Yeah. You know that. That's what I would. That's what I would encourage yeah. people. And it, you know, a little camping barbecue stove that runs on canisters, those little pushing can. Mm. That's all right, but they don't last very long. No. I reckon an hour continuous yeah. use. Yeah. So you might get, you know, I don't know. A couple of dinners out of it, maybe or, three or, if you're lucky. Or, or, or boil, you know, your tea and coffee needs yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. But then what? So if yeah. you can, just step it up one to um, a kind of, a, you know, a bigger gas can, that, mm. like a barbecue patio heater size. or Yeah. And you don't bring it indoors. If you, if you could have it outside, great. Yeah, please don't burn mm. gas barbecues indoors. No, obviously. <laughs> Or or charcoal ones for that matter. No, but yeah, but but if if you know if you can just think about having some different options for if there is a power cut, that'd be great. Mm. Yeah, and I actually bought a second kettle for the top of my stove. Yeah, with that in mind as well. You know, thinking about wood burners suddenly make a lot of sense, don't they? Well, I I have to say you must be a bit smug. I have, I have a tiny bit. Yeah, I have a tiny bit. Because I, you know, year well, ago, I'd like I to say that I did encourage you to do that I'm for a good sure five did. years. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Um, but, but well, yeah. here's a question for you. Go on. Because I've been thinking about this today. I've seen these things that look like an egg box that you put potatoes in and you sit on the top of your wood burner. Yeah. Have you seen them? You've spoken to me about them many a time. So I'm, I haven't to make, got one. To make jacket spuds. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got one. Yeah. But I'm thinking about whether if I, if I put three pound coins on the top of my wood stove so it's not directly in contact mm. and then I sit a crock. I've got a, a Dutch oven. Yeah. If I sit that on top and then put the potatoes in that, I think that will act like an oven. I think if you did that and waited long enough, they would cook. Yeah. Whether they'd be crispy. In an oven? No. Why would they not? It's just an oven, I, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know about you, but the top of mine, whilst it gets hot, the water only just about boils. Oh, no, the top of mine gets hot. Yeah. But the, mine's got a designated cooking top on it. Yes, and mine hasn't. No. So. I mean, obviously... If I had to, I could push all the coal up one end, wrap yeah. them in foil and put them in the actual yeah, yeah, firebox. Of course, you could. Yeah, yeah. Of course yeah. I could do that. But I was just wondering about, you know, on a basic level, whether that would work. So there's only one way to try it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to try it. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I've got in my Dutch oven, has got little legs on it, little stand legs on it. Yeah. Mine so hasn't. it wouldn't be in contact. No, mine hasn't. Not enough. But I don't think I want the base to be in contact with the top because no. I think they'll just burn. Yeah. On that bit. Yeah. I think I want them raised up. And that's why I have seen in the old days, people used to use old pennies. Well, so just well, to create that tiny gap of but, air. But also, have you got some sort of... Trivet, yeah. Yeah, trivet or cooling rack or something. Just I've got them on it. it. Yeah. They live on it. So I have oh. one kettle on the hob, on the surface, and I have one on the trivet, and I swap right. them over. Well, I was thinking not not for the oven, but for inside of it. 
So if you had your, whether you put your Dutch oven on yeah, top yeah. of the stove or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Inside it, if you put a little trivet and yeah. then put the spuds on there. Well, I could just wrap up tinfoil and do that. There you though, go. Couldn't I? Just raise it up enough off the bottom so it don't burn. Burn my ass down. Burn my ass down. Trying to, trying to get my jacket potato down. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be sat I think by it would fire work. if that happens. I think it would work. I can't see why I wouldn't. There'll be a day, mate, when I ring you up on my wired corded phone by candlelight. You won't because you don't know my number. <laughs> That's true, and I, and I'll say to you, I'm eating, I'm, I'm eating. Oh no, I can't. No, not during the power cut. I can't, and I and I I'll use, use my home phone. For I can't years. use my slow cooker because it's plugged in. This was the other one. Go on. Generators. So generators obviously don't run a lot of power. No, but they would definitely do a slow cooker. They will. They would, wouldn't they? But there's also little solar power banks now out there, and you know they're they're a bit of money, like yeah. five six hundred quid. But you can get little solar banks. You yeah. sit outside, it will generate power enough to run like, probably a slow cooker. Like, just like yeah, camping and that kind of thing. That yeah, kind of setup is the idea. Was what, what's intended. I did think for, like, I could get a power transport. Transport. <laughs> you like this transport? Power inverter for my car, so it goes from twelve volts, and you can plug in. Have you seen these? No. So you can buy something which is a box. So you put it in your twelve volt in yeah. your car, yeah. and then it's got two sockets on it. But you can't boil a kettle because it would only maybe do I don't know five or six hundred watt. Yeah. And obviously, boiling the kettle's three thousand watt. Yeah, yeah, but it's more than enough to do a slow cook, right? Yeah. But then I thought, well, I'd have to tell the wife I'm going on an eight-hour car journey <laughs> to make a stew. Becomes the world's most expensive. <laughs> Especially with fuel prices, what they most are. expensive yeah. cooker. I'll tell you what I did see though. Have you seen that um, Discovery Channel show, Mountain Man? No. Oh mate, you've got to check that out okay. at some point, right? So, I think it's on Discovery Channel. You can get some of the some of the Seasons on Amazon and all yeah. that sorts of, and some are on, I don't know, Discovery on Sky or whatever, probably on Freebie, I don't know. Um, but there was this one fellow on there who fitted a gasifier to his truck. Really? Right. Now, effectively what this does is it makes his truck burn on wood chips. Oh, no, I have seen them. Wow. Well, they are pretty good, aren't they? <laughs> well, I think he lost a lot of the power. He did lose a lot of the power it would have otherwise uh, had. In heat. Yeah, but but in terms of in, he lived in the woods. No, I have seen wood fueled uh, driven things. Yeah, it's supposed to be quite popular, isn't it? I don't know. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, wood fired vehicles. Just I just came seen. across it and I was like, Mate, wow, that, that blows up though. Well, I think you'd need to know what you're doing probably, but he didn't seem to. He just like just did it. But <laughs> wood fired truck, like just loads <laughs> piles and piles of wood chips, and they use the presumably it heats the air, and that presumably makes the en- engine work. I don't know. I'm not mechanically minded, but. Well, I, I don't know either. I'm not, but, <laughs> but you'd be, you'd be, you wouldn't need any heating in your vehicle. Well, I'm thinking about you. Perhaps that's what you need to do with your little yeah, car. Put yeah. a gasifier on the back. Might have much struggle to get MOT in England though with that. Well, do you carry a chainsaw if you run out of petrol? You just <laughs> yeah, pull over yeah, to the side yeah. of the road, chop up a log, and yeah. fling it in. Well, no, this is literally like chips. So literally just using the waste material even as well. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I love it. Oh, oh it's a great idea. Anyway, so jobs jobs for the week. Um, obviously, thinking about if you've got, you know, preps for the winter, particularly for potential power outages, particularly for heat and light and all that stuff we've spoken about before. Um, what other jobs could people be doing now? Well, I think what one thing that people definitely could be doing is this last bit of sewing. Yeah. And I know we alluded to it. You started at the, at the beginning. beginning, didn't you? So, yeah. It, 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 I, I feel that there's this little time now, which is a bit like spring, mm. and you could just take the most of the opportunity that's afforded in this next couple of weeks. And I wouldn't actually, I would say probably the next 10 days, the first 10 days, you know, the first half of September, we're nearly there already, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Um, 
And think about it like you think of spring. It's light enough for things to start growing, but I need them to get on with it quick so that yeah. they're strong enough to then either go through the winter yeah. or be done in eight weeks or something yeah. like that. So salads maybe you get away with, but other things that as, as soon as we get out of September, there's not enough daylight hours really. So you, you've got to get things moving. So you might have to start them indoors. Mm-hmm. And I would really advocate that. If you can get things germinating quick, so they're not, they're not taking a week to germinate, mm-hmm. they're germinating in a few days, mm-hmm. and then they get that first bit of growth nice and quick inside. Mm-hmm. I'd be a real advocate of that. And also it gives them that, that, that time when they're not getting hit by wet, cold pests, mm-hmm. things like that, and they can get a real good, strong start with some good root formation I would definitely go down that route and I know that I have been sowing as much in the last fortnight as I do in spring right yeah uh, and 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 I know we're going to talk maybe in later episodes about next steps for people who are mm. on this journey but for me um, having things in that hungry gap time or prepared so that um, they, they've put on enough decent growth to then sit and wait and then put on the rest of the growth in the spring mm. and things start to warm up means that I'm going to have scallions and salad onions when yeah. my onions have finished. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have been doing a lot of work on um, harvest that you can take through the winter, um, you know, whether that's even beetroots and carrots that sit in the ground mm-hmm. um, or carrots that you start now and yeah. then they continue in the spring. Yeah. Um, certainly peas that you can do that with. Mm-hmm. People probably will be more familiar with broad beans yeah. and garlic that you yeah. traditionally can plant in October, yeah. November. Yeah. But there are lots of other vegetables that you can do yeah. that with. Um, I know that I love chard for that reason. Yeah. It's such a give up and it comes a lot earlier than other things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need a lot to get going, does it? The danger is, is that if you wait too long, they don't do enough. Yeah. And if you do it too early, they're up and they're too big to go through the winter as small plants so i would say thinking about you know i think you're getting quite i think there's probably one or two but i I would say for spring cabbage you're probably near the end of sowing time i just sowed a few i think most spring spring cabbage packets will tell you it's too late yeah because they say end of august i'm going to suggest that if you've got any kind of indoor space to get them going yeah um perhaps even if you haven't especially where i am in the south here on the coast um, it's probably not too late if you did no. it in the next few days. So, and I think you'll still get them. I don't yeah. think they'll die over winter. No, but I think they'll take a long time to get yeah. going the other side. Yeah, but then you're eating spring greens. Yeah, so so ram them in. Well, but also you don't have to wait for them to head up to eat. No, them, do you? no, Just that's what I mean. Them, yeah. So, right, if on the pack it says they need three feet apart because they're yeah. going to get huge. Yeah, yeah. Ra- ram them in a, a foot yeah. apart and then yeah. have a and have a three ones, have three yeah. little ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely those. I've done carrots in buckets beetroot in buckets as well and I've tried and I've never done it before but I want to see how it goes Amsterdam forcing carrots yeah and I've actually multi-sown them in plugs okay and transplanting carrots is a big no-no in yeah, the gardening yeah, yeah, world isn't it kind of root vegetable really so yeah. I'm going to just as soon as they germinate I'm going to transplant them in yeah into rows yeah. into the ground yeah. to see what happens okay because I'm trying all these different things yeah so I'm going to have a heavy, heavy, heavily rotated piece of the tunnel yeah and, and I'm going to put a couple of rows of Amsterdam forcing yeah. in and I don't know when they're going to come yeah. I mean if it's warm enough in there they might you know they take about 12 to 14 weeks but yeah. they're not going to have that length of time so I'm hoping that they'll get a, a bit of a way but then maybe in February could have carrots in February yeah 
and that would be a lovely thing. One of the problems I'm having is I haven't got any space outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all full up still because everything's yeah. still going and it yeah. will still be going until the first frost, a lot of it. Yeah. So and, you know, I took the runner beans out because I wanted some space. They were more or less done. So yeah. like we've talked, spoken about before, cut it off, right, moving on. Yeah. Take those out now. Let's get something else in the ground as soon as possible. Um, but it is difficult to find that when you're on limited space yeah, like is. I am to yeah. find where you're going to put those crops in. And we can hold things in pots, can't we, for a while. Yeah which is what I will be doing. Yeah. But then that has a cost implication with compost, and yeah. I understand that yeah. for people. But I use, I use that as a way a lot, anyway, to solve that problem. Mm. Um, but I've got a variety of things. I've got my summer vegetables coming to the end, and they're still going, and they'll still keep giving for a bit longer yet. And then I've got several beds, so I've got my winter veg in already, and they're just sitting there mm. waiting. And there's going to be a, a gap there. There's going to be a gap where yeah. it's going to get to the end of the beans and the tomatoes and the courgettes, yeah. and I'm going to have... You know, I'm gonna to have to use what I've got in the freezer then yeah. at that point as much yeah. as I've got it. Um, before I then get the new stuff then in March and April. That's the reality for what, for what I'm growing. And really. a lot of people are in that position, yeah. aren't they? Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. You know, I, at home I've only got very limited space, but I'm thinking now more about the pressure I haven't got the pressure because I don't need everything that I need at home or at yeah. the allotment. Yeah. And so I've been able to say, Well, you know what, that, that bed which doesn't get any sun at all, yeah. I've got Welsh onions and spring onions in yeah. it. Yeah. And they will sit there as blades of grass, yeah, probably. Yeah. But then when I need them, yeah. they, they will be in the sunshine yeah. and then I can get them out. So um, I would say one of the things that... I, I, I sow a lot of spring onions. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they're so good and they will... They are so frost-hardy. Yeah. If you get that white Lisbon, yeah. winter white Lisbon, yeah. winter-hardy white Lisbon. Yeah. That's a great onion. Yeah. And, and I'm eating bulb onions from that now. Right. So they've bulbed up. Yeah. You know, they're not huge, yeah. but you'd get away from them as a cooking onion. Yeah. They're that big. Uh, scallions, they would call them, wouldn't they? In the, I love them. They're the great for salad, though. Shred them up fine. Oh, so good. Have them for a mashed potato. Yeah. 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 So, so look at your winter sowings. Yeah. You can certainly sow coriander, yeah. flat leaf parsley now. Yeah. Really good time to be sowing flat leaf parsley. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, so you could definitely be doing that now. Um, I would still sow rocket now. Yeah. If you've got. A bit of protection, I would say you could still sow certainly non-hearting lettuce. There's several varieties of lettuce for sowing this time of year, corn yeah. salad included. Yeah, Cotonia. Um, yeah, Cotonia. I've also got a uh, salad leaf that's called All Year Round, which is like that's a round it. lettuce. Yeah, that's it. Those ones where you grew up on, aren't they? Marvel, Iceberg, yeah, and Marvel popular. of the Four Seasons is the red yeah, freckled one I've got. One, yeah. But they really should be in by now. Yeah, they should not... be. But I reckon, like you say, with a bit of protection, get okay. away with it. Yeah. Um, I would do chard. I'd yeah. still sow that now. Would you? I would, yeah. yeah. And you might not get it till February, March, but you'll be so pleased with it then, won't you? Yeah. you I'm know? tempted to interplant my pots, certainly on the sunny side of the greenhouse, or something like that. Yeah. Just in behind, so they're on the sunny side, so they get going. Because the problem is going to be they get shaded out on the other side. Mm. But just on that one edge, just sow something straight into the ground there, might work. I would definitely do it. Yeah. And I don't think you'll ever regret it either. No. You know, I'm certainly eating that, and it is absolutely beautiful i've picked so much chard and yeah. eaten so much of it and I'm, yeah. it's lovely yeah. and it's, but it's banging in the slow cooker right <laughs> love it love so it. there's a whole raft of so yeah there's radish you can still be doing mooly type of radish again yeah i've put some of that in just tatsoi uh, what's the other one mizuna mizuna well you can do all your already tender green mustard too. greens as well yeah. and you can keep them and you, they will grow and you can keep them going so any of those mustard greens you can put your pak choy in now yeah but just be prepared for every creature known to man 
to eat them. I've actually grown three pak choy this year. Yeah, lovely. Which Chinese is... cabbage is the other one. Yeah. Oh, we had some... Do you remember that year we did that? That was lovely. They're beautiful, but yeah. so many things eat them. Yeah. I've got them growing at the moment, but... Yeah. You know, I've got some white fly in the tunnel. And battle, I can tell it? you now they're going to find it. Yeah, because I'm refusing to use any pest control yeah. in there at the moment. Just to see what happens, that's yeah. all it's about. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you can be saying now, speaking of white fly, and it is another white fly magnet, but the Cavalo Nero, uh, Tuscan Black Kale, you should put that in your bean stew. I've got so much of it, mate. <laughs> should, should be putting that in your Tuscan bean stew? Well, mate? it is Tuscan, funny Tuscan enough. Tuscan-style bean stew. Could that bring it into authenticity? I'm not Could sure. I call it a Tuscan bean stew if it's got that I'm in sure. it? sure. Sure. I'm going to write to the mayor of Tuscany and ask him what's oh, in the Tuscany that. That's what I'm going to do. There's my challenge. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Tuscany. I want a good recipe for Tuscany stew. I'm going to do it. All right. Might have to write it in Italian. Yeah, that's all right. I know, an Ita- <laughs> I know an Italian. Anyway, we should leave it there, mate. It's been a long, long one, actually, considering we're just doing a bit of a chatter and catch up. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, thank you very much for listening to the end. Uh, same old stuff if you could do that for us please to support the show we really appreciate it so if you're not already on the Facebook group get on the Facebook group tell everybody you yeah. know about us get the message out there that we're doing what we're doing and try and help us grow the audience really appreciate it um, if I can give a shout out we mentioned our mate Carlo at Self Sufficient Hub if you're not already following him watching his videos he's doing a, a 30 day uh, September challenge at the moment and this week I believe he was doing um, home cooked meals so the meals had to be all things that he grew or sourced himself uh, which I thought was really interesting. And he's mentioned your Tuscan bean stew. He's had it, hasn't he? Yeah, I, think he well, I haven't seen the video yet, but I know he was talking about making it. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think, did he say, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, but certainly. Could have it with a nice glass of Alpolicella or Chianti, obviously, yeah. on the side. Yeah. Does I bet that, he, he ain't made that. More, does that make it more authentic? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah? That's yeah. Italian wine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so please, if you're, if you're not already supporting Carl over at Self Sufficient, I'll go and do that for us. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks. A bit of luck. So, thank you very much, and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs> so, thanks very much, everyone, for listening through to the end of another episode of uh, the Urban Homestead in UK podcast. If you've enjoyed what you're listening to, please come and join us on our Facebook group. Uh, you can come find us on Urban Homestead in UK on Facebook. Uh, come and find us on Instagram and uh, all those other good places. Please tell your friends about us and uh, do come and listen again. Thank you. Bye-bye.